Welcome to the Life in Paradise podcast, the show about creating a life you never need a vacation from. You'll gain inspiration from those who have done it before as we share experiences, strategies, and offer practical steps you can take to live your dream life in paradise with your host, attorney-turned-alchemist, Don Fleming. Welcome to Taking Command with Captain Tom. I'm here with Tom Clifford, my husband, and we're going to talk about the law of navigation today. So you want me to go ahead and get started? Go ahead and get started. Okay. Um, I've been a sailor all my life uh, since I was 14 years old and uh, learned how to navigate in the local waters in Southern California. So when we decided in 2010 that we were going to sail all the way from Southern California down to the Panama Canal uh, up to Florida, we, we made the decision in two. 2004, 2004, and we prepared for six years for this trip. Uh, we, we had to get a bigger boat, and then we had to take and sail the boat uh, all up and down the California coast and navigate the different areas in order to learn the boat and be prepared for this trip we were going to take. So uh, it, it, all, it all comes with uh, preparation and uh, and knowing the boat and and knowing your course that you want to take, uh, and we actually uh, drove 500 miles north to uh, to San Francisco to, to go to a seminar on on a group sail of 150 boats that sailed from uh, Newport Beach uh, clear down no from San Diego clear down to uh, Cabo San Lucas about 150 boats, and so we wanted the group sail first, and then we kept going from there. Uh, down uh, through Costa Rica, El Salvador, and down to the Panama Canal. But we went and we took notes, and we talked to the people who did it, and we learned uh, what what we we needed to to learn to make this this journey and do it safely. And uh, so, and then even we were going to travel with uh, with uh, pets. So Don uh, even took a course on. On, on uh, cruising with pets, so that we can be prepared for um, if one of our uh, our cats got sick on board. So we did a lot of uh, preparation and, and effort, and we even went. I even got uh, went to captain school, and that's where I, I got my uh, education to be, get my captain's license. And it really came in and uh, in, to an advantage. And when we're out in the, in the middle of the night out in the ocean. And there's a freighter or a, a, a barge or something that was sailing in the dark. I could identify it by its lights and which direction it was going and things like that. So, yeah, we, we really prepared and uh, still, uh, you know, things happened. Nothing bad. We got sick, but uh, that was, you know, <laughs> it was nothing we could do about that. But um, one of the things in the planning is so, and the pre- preparation is so important and make sure that all the systems are working correctly and that uh, you have a good t- two good radios on board and, and all that because when you're out at sea and if you're over 25 miles off a coast or out there, um, your, your regular radio doesn't reach that far. So you basically uh, are on your own, your, your own little world, uh, the world of Don and Tom and, and our sailboat, the Santorini. And so you basically, you have to rely strictly on your own good judgment when you're when you're at sea, and that and that's what the, the law of navigating is 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 that you have to uh, be prepared. You have to to know uh, w- and be prepared for whatever happens out there. 
Uh, one of the things uh, for years before that, um, I was reading books. I, I was an international yacht racer. I crewed on big race boats and some of my own boats. And uh, I would always um, get these books about these big offshore races where there were storm came up and boats were sunk and lives were lost and everything. And, and Don said, uh, well, why do you read these morbid books about this? And I said, it's so that, it's so that I can learn from their mistakes. I this is what I would have done differently than them. So you really, uh, even the, even the disasters, you, you got to learn from them as well because, uh, and movies too. And movies. Remember the perfect storm? Yeah. You know, you're watching that and, and oh, they did this right and they yeah. did this and, and it would scare me to death. Yeah. He would read these books and he would tell me these stories about all these tragedies. And I said, oh my gosh, if I read these books, if I watched these movies, I'd probably never leave sight of the shore. Yeah. But it, it is uh, great intel. Right. And yeah. even in your captain's course, yeah. they showed you movies, right? right about uh -huh. disasters at sea yeah. and they explained why they happened. Yeah. And so learning from other people's mistakes. Yeah. And, and, and like where I was just talking to Don a, a few minutes ago that, um, navigating any, anybody can, even an autopilot can drive a boat. It's, it's that the person, the captain who has to decide this is the best way to go. This is the safest way to go in these sea conditions. And weather and weather conditions and everything. So there's a there's a lot to it's it's the leadership um, of, of your own little world basically. Uh, you have to be able to navigate uh, what, how much fuel you have. Um, if the, are the sails and everything in good shape? And you can be out in the middle of the night and and and, the, and a bad storm come up and you have to be able to to deal with it. You just can't call you know rescue and stuff like that. So it, 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 there was a lot of prep in it. So. Um, the planning, the preparation, captain's license. Um, I got a, a quick story about risk versus reward. Um, we were, I, I, I crewed and raced with a, a fellow, a, a friend of mine that I went to high school with and had our first jobs together. And I raced with him for 40 years. Um, and one time we were out, uh, not that long ago, um, we were out on a Saturday, a Saturday off the coast of California um, with a crew of 10 on a 41-foot race boat. And four of us of the crewmen were experienced racers. And, uh, and Ray was at the, it was the skipper. And there was uh, six of them that were inexperienced. And we went out in this race offshore, and it was a full day, you know, long race. And um, the weather got really bad. It, it, it was, the wind really came up. It wasn't forecasted. And the seas got really rough. And, um, uh, and so the, the inexperienced crew were a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit freaked out. And so, uh, one situation, we almost, two crewmen, uh, kind of went over, almost over, overboard. We grabbed them at the last minute, almost overboard. And so the, the rest of us, the, our experienced crew, uh, we all looked at Ray and Ray looked at me and, and he says, hand me the, the radio. We were done. He called it into race control and said, no, we're dropping out of the race. It's uh, we're headed for the barn, and they said, uh, "Do you need assistance?" And he says, "No, we're good, but we're headed for the barn." And it's risk versus reward. It wasn't worth risking crewmen over a, a glass beer mug. So it was one of the stories that you think about it. And this is we were disappointed because we were leading the race in our class, and we said, "No, this is not worth it." So 
you have to make those kind of decisions for your whole crew when you're out in the ocean. And we had we had crew uh, at times, and I was responsible for them. If anything happened to them, it was my responsibility. So I had to show leadership the whole time. I could not really relax too much because it, it was the onus was on me to uh, to to be the leader and to get us from from point A to point B safely without uh, any any bad issues that happen but so that, that's one of the judgment calls you have to make in leadership so yeah i think that leads right into the story of the the two uh, groups that were racing to the south pole yes um, back in the 1800s yeah in the 1800s these two uh, the uh, amundsen who was a norwegian explorer and the other one is uh, robert scott who was uh, a british uh captain and they were trying to race to see be the first one to antarctica to uh, to the south pole and so um the, the one fellow the um the norwegian um he decided to take dog sleds uh and, and go by dog sled when you has you know what the dogs are used to the cold and he had big fur coats on and they made it down there and they didn't have too much trouble they planned ahead for their for where they were going to go and they had food stores set aside in different places to get down there and they made it down there and they uh, and they they put their flag on the on the south pole and then uh scott and well and they made it back safely and they made it right? back safely and scott um he decided he was going to take these mechanical sleds that had uh, early engines on they actually had a motor on it and they were very big heavy cumbersome things and they took and they took horses too uh, and so the, the the sleds broke down and uh, so they, the cold because right? of the cold yeah. and so the the horses uh they didn't have very thick fur on and so the horses froze to death and pretty soon the only the, the guys the actual uh, ex, explorers the expedition team were pulling these 200 pound sleds over the ice and they ran out of food and they had uh frostbite and by the time they actually made it down to the, the south pole there was a norwegian flag was, and they turned around and started to head back and and they all froze to death so um it was the the risk wasn't worth the reward in that situation but it was all planning and everything had to do with with how well uh the two different expeditions planned and how they were figured it out the leadership leadership right. the leadership they didn't make the right decisions. And I think it had a little bit to do with uh, Scott was a British uh, uh, captain and, and uh, this other fella, Amundsen, uh, was from Norway. He was Norwegian, worse, a lot colder. He was a lot used more... Used to the conditions. Yeah, a lot more used to the conditions. So, yeah, he, you know, but one thing that, that Scott uh, went and thought, oh, we'll just be courageous, courage. We'll be courage, uh, you know, and, and strong. Didn't work. The other guys, they, the, the Norwegians, they planned ahead. They figured it all out, and they executed their plan. They planned their their thing, and they executed their plan. So that's a little story about about you know, risk and reward to 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 lose your life and the life of all your expedition for something like that. If you're not planning that, eh, that you know it doesn't it it doesn't fare well. But uh, yeah, so but it's all leadership and decisions you have to make as a leader. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun, 
Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. I'm so happy to have you with me for the Life in Paradise podcast. I love our listeners and fans and we'd love to show our appreciation for you supporting the show. So please head over to lifeinparadisepodcast.com where you can find free resources mentioned in the show and also register for our gifts, prizes, and swag. I'd also love to hear from you. So there's a place on that page to submit your questions, comments, and requests so I can serve you better. And if I answer your question on the show, we'll send you a free gift. And we're back with Taking Command with Captain Tom. And we're going to continue our discussion about what it looks like when you don't properly plan. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a couple of things. Um, when we, re- we After we sailed to the Panama Canal and went all the way up to Florida, um, we would sail down. We were, we were planning on a sailing trip clear uh, down here to Mexico. And so one of the things we did was we hired um, a meteorologist uh who pl- plotted a course for us because he knew where the Gulf Stream was at times. You had to cross the Gulf Stream and, and you had weather uh, patterns and, and as such. So we actually paid uh, a meteorologist, a sailor, you know, a guy that, who, who'd plot courses for, for people who wanted to sail long distance. And so he would give us uh, all these waypoints and we'd sail to those and we would cross the Gulf Stream and in places where the Gulf Stream is wide and not so fast. And, and so we were, were very well prepared, and we would go to this waypoint, and then when the, with our GPS, we'd, we'd find the next waypoint, and we'd head towards that. So it took all the guesswork out of it, and then he'd watch the weather patterns for us, and we would have could have weather updates and, and and such, so that we were we it took all of the guesswork out of it. Well, and I might add. It was not intuitive. The way that we went no. was very different yes. from what you we, and I would yeah. have um, selected and very different from the, the course that we took from Isla to the States. Yeah. Remember, we probably yeah. should have contacted him before we went on that trip. Yes. <laughs> but we didn't know about him at that point. No, no, we didn't know about him. We learned about him through a yacht club we belonged to. We'd go up to seminars. Well, it was, again, it was a sailing seminar. Yeah, sailing we seminar. We go a up glam. To, yeah. Or GAM, they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, so we uh, we did that and actually joined the Seven Seas Cruising Association, where where we had cruising ports and ambassadors. Where if we were off somewhere, we, we could find an ambassador who could answer questions for us if we needed mechanical repairs. That so it came in quite handy. Parts procurement. Yeah. So, but and then the other thing is that we just had some uh, some uh, some friends who uh, uh, acquaintances who went to pick up a boat in Jacksonville. That they just bought Florida, Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, yeah, and and so they says, well, have you gone up there and sailed the boat at all since you purchased? You know, since you, 
oh, no, we're just going to sail it down here. Uh, I, you know, I, I kept my mouth shut because, you know, <laughs> you just do that sometimes. But uh, I would never have done that with a little preparation. And they they did not have a good sale. They had uh, uh, breakdowns. They had problems. They they had no uh, couldn't, no electricity. No electricity. So no lights. No, no light, refrigeration. No. Yeah. The uh, yeah. fuel problems too, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Um, and so they had a they had a. Lot they left in very bad conditions. Yes. Um, well, the they were wind. heading south with a strong south wind yeah. right on their head. Yeah. Going yeah. directly into the wind into with the very rough rough yeah. seas. Yeah. Plus into the Gulf Stream. Yeah. So a lot of them, a couple of the guys uh, couldn't make the trip. They had to get off the boat. And yeah. One of our dear friends has back problems, and after slamming. For I don't know how many days it was, yeah. probably, what, three or four days, yeah. they, they were heading into the wind, not making very much progress. Sure. He finally got off in, what, Fort Lauderdale and flew back here yeah. because his body couldn't take the yeah. pounding that they experienced. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I asked him, I said, why did you leave in those conditions? And they said, oh, well, because uh, this other gentleman who had flown there, he was antsy and he wanted to leave. Yeah. He didn't want to wait, you know, because they had flown there to to sail the boat down. But either the weather conditions had changed or they weren't cognizant of what the conditions were at the time that they left. Yeah. Because no sailor in their right mind, experienced sailor, I think, would have, regardless of what type of a boat, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that just between if you don't understand the power of the Gulf Stream, it's it's like for real, yeah. right? That's that's, that's right. like no BS yeah. uh, experience to be in the Gulf Stream, especially if the wind is going the opposite direction of way, the way the, the Gulf Stream is flowing. In this case, it wasn't, but still, it was very strong. You want to comment on that? Yeah. Um, one of the other things, just real quick before I comment on that, um, is, is that the other thing is physical preparation of our own bodies. Because when you're in, in heavy seas, you have to hold yourself up. It's called your core strength. And when we sailed up from uh, from Cologne, from the Panama Canal up the, the the Western Caribbean, the seas were huge. It was very rough, and it's like we were in a like being in a car wreck, a, six, a car accident for six days and six nights, solid. Uh, it was, it, but without your, if you, you didn't have good core strength, and we did because we were at sea for like six months, and so we're in good physical condition. But if you're not in good physical condition, this, the sea will, will hand you a beating. So that, and, and also one of the things that happens when talking about the Gulf Stream is the Gulf Stream is going in one direction and if the wind is going in the opposite direction, the seas get very treacherous. It, it can be, um, it, it can, it can slam you. Uh, once this situation is normally we can do, in a 24-hour period, we with our with our sailboat, we can do about 150 nautical miles, and so in one 24-hour period, when we first left here to sail up there at one time, uh, we made 180 miles. So we were pretty excited about making 180 miles in a 24-hour period, and then the storm came up, and the next unforecast, unforecast, and when the next 48 hours, we only made 60 miles. So that was that was a terrible beating and lightning around us uh, everywhere. Three hundred sixty degrees of lightning, but it was an unforecasted storm. But you have to be prepared physically and mentally to to you can't you can't turn around 
and some situations. And uh, and another uh, uh, people we know took another boat because it was, it was a good weather window when it started, and they were heading for Texas. And uh, and and their sail they they weren't prepared well enough, you know. And their sails uh, all ripped. They lost their dinghy. They actually put their EPIRB, uh activated their EPIRB, which is goes to the satellites, and it tells the Coast Guard that. Basic, it's an emergency beacon. Uh, emergency beacon that basically you're sinking. Um, so uh, they scared the daylights out of uh, uh, some of the friends down here because they got a call that, hey, this this emergency beacon went off. Uh, are they out at sea? And uh, so, yeah. So that things like that happen. And there's another situation. They just, well, we're just going to go. and We'll be fine. Yeah. Not experienced sailors, number one. Um Number two, they didn't adjust their sails no. when the winds changed. We did. We yeah. still had a little bit of damage uh, um, because the winds were so strong. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, not we, we didn't shred our sails um, or, you know, be, sure. basically lose the ability to use them. And these folks also uh, lost their dinghy. They yeah. were, I think they were, weren't they towing it? Yeah. Um, and which we learned on our trip around, you never tow a dinghy uh, long distance no. and even short distance. Sometimes it's not <laughs> such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> never fails. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that was gone. It was a beautiful little, uh, you know, cute little dinghy that is was lost and then they ran out of fuel because they didn't have the wherewithal to be able to use a sail. We were concerned about running out of fuel. Tom said, you know, we were about halfway and he said, Oh, I want to turn back. And it's like, well, we're halfway there. Like, no. And, and, you know, we well, had a, a situation, the fuel dock uh, hose wasn't long enough when we left. So we didn't work completely full, which in hindsight was a big mistake. We, we should have made sure that our tanks were topped yeah. off. But we were um, able to sail the whole way. We got in, finally got into the dry Tortugas uh, after those, you know, other 60 nautical miles. But we still had a whole uh, overnight sail left. And thankfully, the south wind that was predicted that we expected the whole way kicked in and actually pushed us all the way north to Fort Myers. And we were able to uh, get into port and only had to use enough fuel to charge the batteries, basically. Yeah, Uh, so... But uh, well, another thing happened was uh, we had a transfer pump that comes from the main tanks oh, yeah, down below right. up to the, the one of the the day tanks, and it failed. And so, but I, I managed to patch a, a pump together to get that. Uh, but yeah, there was a, a few there's a few struggles, which just happens. In, in well, and it's really a, an analogy to life, right? I mean, you make your plan, you prepare, and it's important that you do that because. You know, as Captain Ron says, if it's going to break, it's going to break out there, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and and so really kind of expecting it. That's why we have a lot of spare parts on mm-hmm. board, right? Mm-hmm. And you, uh, there are no plumbers and engineers at sea except on my boat. Um, so I'm very, very blessed uh, with that. Yeah. But still, it, there's certain amount of uh, technical know-how that it's wise to have uh, or have somebody on board if it's not you. And one of the decisions we made on this last trip was, you know, Tom is 71. um, I'm going to be 62 this year. And we said, you know, gosh, this boat, it's a 30 ton vessel. It's getting a little bit big for us. So uh, we kind of made the decision that if we do a long journey like this again, we'll have at least one crewman. 
yes. a board to be able to help out because um, things can get nasty, just like in real life. Yeah. Real quick, things can change on a dime. And mm-hmm. what have you done to prepare mm-hmm. for the inevitable storms that come? Because they, they certainly will. Yes, and when the storms do come in your life, you have to <laughs> be a strong leader and uh, make make good educated decisions about, you know, uh, everything. Because, you know, even on a boat, you're responsible for, you know, all, all the lives on that boat. And so it's kind of important that uh, you take it seriously. It's not just a joy ride. Oh, one more thing I, w- I think we should add is, since we are in the first quarter topic of health, mm-hmm. um, talk about um, some of the things that we did uh, because there are no doctors at sea when, when we left. Oh, well... Oh, she went, we, we went and uh, got a bunch of, uh, what did we get? We got... Uh, well, we got stainless steel staples, staples surgical yeah. steel yeah. staples. We, thankfully, we never had to use them. Yeah. But if you need stitches, if you hurt yourself, and see, right? Yeah. Can't and we had there. also had the, the the big blood clotter patches yeah. in case uh-huh. there was something, a bad wound. And, you know, because you're, if you're out there, if you're, you know, 50, 100 miles offshore, which we were yeah. at times, and yeah. something happens... You you can't just call nine one one. No, right, and no. and so having those um, things in place part of the education. We ended up with hepatitis A, yeah. and didn't know what it was for the longest time. And then thankfully there was a fellow cruiser who was a nurse that was able to diagnose what was wrong. And as it turns out, there's really no treatment. Um, we you know we were two hour bus ride away from a hospital and said, you know, is it worth it? And they said, she said, well, basically all they could do is give you a blood test and say, yep, that's what yeah. you have. So we ended up contacting a doctor friend of ours in California that uh, was really into herbal remedies and, and holistic treatments. And we were able to also find a lot of information on the inter- internet, uh, saltwater flush. Oh, that was not fun. <laughs> to be able to flush your system from, from the oh. toxins. But at any rate, you know, you have to... Um, be smart about these things and be ready for things that come up. And thankfully we didn't have anything worse than that. Um, it took us out a little bit, but we were able to yeah. but we, still we, continue our trip and yeah. not. But uh, yeah, it was pretty scary when you're out at sea and you're, and you're get weak and you know, it, uh, but we, we didn't know what was wrong at first. Uh, but it was something I ate in El Salvador. Uh, it was, Bad and and so uh, we didn't know what it was until we got down to Costa Rica and, and talked to this n- a nurse and so at least we had a, a plan as to what to do next so that was kind of uh, handy and so we, we were pretty we we lost quite a bit of weight we were yeah I had done a, a weight loss plan before that and then uh, boy <laughs> I think that was about the the thinnest I had been in many many years um, after that interesting weight loss program. But, uh, and I don't recommend it. No. But anyway, um, I think that's um, all we have for, for today. Is there anything else that you um, had that you wanted to mention? No, just, just that we always planned way ahead and educated ourselves and did everything we could to take all, all the, the guesswork out of it. And, and still, even though we plan, 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 something silly comes up and, you, you know, you don't, oh, well, this fuel hose isn't long enough to reach over there. And, you know, just the unforeseen, you just have yeah. to look ahead and, and look past the unforeseen and for success. 
So, and that's but planning and preparation and being a good navigator in, in your life can certainly save it. Yes, it can. That was fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Life in Paradise podcast. Did you love this episode? If so, we'd love for you to follow, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to tune in every week for more inspired insights and wisdom to create your somebody pinch me reality. And until next time, dream big and act on it daily.